In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Well, what can we to make you smile? Well, you know what? Just doing radio with you always makes me smile. Is that the right answer? Yeah, 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 whatever. Well, last night you were sure smiling a lot. Well, of course, because last night we were having dinner with girlfriends, and that is always a great reason to smile. (laughs) Well, since you're talking, we're talking today about things that make you smile. The question is, is it harder for the next generation to be content and find something to smile about? Like last night, Lisa, I don't, I don't know if you heard this part of the conversation, but we had one of our interesting topics. We were talking about the newest, latest, hottest, baddest, most extremist tattoo that people are getting on, can, they can put on their arm and it actually tingles or vibrates when your phone rings. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I got to interrupt you because I was at the other end of the table, so I, I missed this conversation. I so, thought you did because okay. you would have you been jumping into that because I would have. It's one of those things that you go, what? Who exactly. That's what I'm want? saying is what? Okay, so explain this. <laughs> well, who would want a tattoo? I mean, that would be annoying to be sleeping and then having this. I don't know if it vibrates, it tingles, it does It does something. So it's um, like ink on your skin or something? There's something in the ink? Is that how it works? Well, yeah. Apparently, if, if people are interested enough, they're going to have to Google because I don't have all my facts. But if you Google tattoos that vibrate, it comes up. And I guess Nokia uh, has the newest patent on this, and they've trademarked this magnetic tattoo that will generate a tingling feeling in your arm when, you're, when your phone rings. Okay, that would be so annoying. And you know what? If you had one of those, I'd be calling you all the time just to annoy you. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I, I, I think we live in our culture right now with the next generation. They really do want to have the greatest, hottest, neatest, coolest thing. I mean, when something comes out, when the, when the newest I whatever comes out, it's like, okay, I have to have it. Like you wonder if people are going to, if this is going to be a cool thing or if it's going to be... I don't know. This is this is too too bizarre. Which of course our sound engineer is saying what happens when you have a tattoo on your buhini. <laughs> <laughs> we won't go there. No. But <laughs> that is just a crazy, crazy thing. And it just seems like with technology, it's getting, you know, very extreme with what what you can have. And sometimes that we have to have the newest thing that we think that's gonna make us happier, that's gonna make us more content. Well, and you know what, let's just go a little deeper, this whole smiling thing and contentment thing, because we're going to be talking today about basically what makes you smile, like what you ask, and 
But we're going to go and take that a little um, deeper than just keeping it skin deep because smiling, we're going to talk about from the inside out, basically. And because we, we're living in this culture society that says you have to have all these things and that truly is what's going to make us happy. And, um, you know, we've done a really good job of convincing the next generation, too, that 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 is truth and it's it's the things in life that bring contentment and really make you smile and as we all know that that is not really um sustainable and lasting so welcome to girlfriend at radio radio do you like radio? that radio uh-huh. <laughs> that made me smile <laughs> and today on our show we're going to introduce you to a couple of guests who truly are making people and specifically the next generation smile from the inside out well we wanna, I'm going to kind of jump into a, a kind of a hot topic. I know even in our community and area, um, which is foster care, and because we're talking about the next generation, and there's some um, significant stats on what's going on in this area of foster care. Um, in 2005, from the National Foster Care Society, it said 513 children were in the U.S. foster care system. And it says most children are placed temporarily in foster care, due to parental abuse or neglect, and the average age is 10 years. Well, and I also, there's also a a group, and they say that foster care is about changing a lifetime. And I love that because it truly is not just changing a life, but changing somebody's lifetime. And, And our first guest is active in changing a lifetime. As the founder of Fund the Farm, Amber Singleton Riviera wanted to find a way to have a greater impact on foster care within the U.S. After deciding to adopt a child of her own, it didn't take long for her to decide it would be from foster care. And I just love that because we have, like, like we just see in the stats, it's, you know, our system is overloaded. And when she saw the sheer number of kids who had been abused, abandoned, neglected, or for whatever reason ended up in foster care, she was at first overwhelmed and heartbroken. But at, over time, she started to see that she had room for these kids or that she could make room. So she began the idea of Fund the Farm. Okay, so first of all, thank you, Amber, for doing the remarkable, which is what Girlfriend It's All About, is just rallying others to do the remarkable and to do it together. And secondly, welcome to Girlfriend It. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Well, we're just excited just to hear more of your heartbeat in, in this topic of foster care, which, um, as we know, there's such a great need for, for that. So how did you become involved in foster care? Um, well, it started, I, I guess I always knew that I would adopt a child. Um, I knew that from an early age. And then a few years ago, I started kind of getting to the point where I knew it was about time to pursue that. And I sent off for information on it. And without paying attention, I, I sent off to the Dave Thomas Foundation, which actually supports foster care adoption. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I first got the information and in, I didn't think that I would go that route. You know, there are so many stigmas and, um, you know, just kind of misperceptions about foster care. And I had those beliefs at the time. I was worried that the children would be too old or that they would, they would have problems, behavioral problems and things like that, that I wouldn't be prepared to tackle. And so I just kind of set it aside. But for whatever reason, I kept wanting to pick it back up and, and just think about the possibility. And eventually I said, you know, what really, what is it that's stopping you from doing this? And after some time, I just got used to the idea and said, I think I can do this. And so I just jumped in with both feet and began the the MAP classes and doing all the things that were necessary to get certified um, in my state and 
the rest is history. It just kind of kept unfolding that way. Were you uh, talk about these statistics? Um, what are some of the myths you've talked about a little bit? How you have this, you know, have this misperception. I think we all do. We have a certain um, perception of foster care kids, and it is a little intimidating. And um, you do you, you hear it's like I'm going to I'm going to uh, adopt some of these certain behaviors that I don't know that I'm prepared for. What are some mm-hmm. of the myths that you saw that that it just really started changing your heart toward being more open to this? Well, you know, I've I've noticed this in the time frame of promoting the farm and and being involved in this work. The perceptions that a lot of people have nowadays when I talk to people in promoting this are the same that I had whenever I first went into this. And that's that you think that the children are somehow uh either either they have behavioral issues and that's why they're in the system. I hear this all the time nowadays that uh they have behavioral issues and that's why they're in the system. The children in the system through no fault of their own. They did not do anything. They were growing up and being, you know, quote unquote, normal children, going about their lives. And then just at some point, uh, a CPI worker shows up to take them and remove them from their home because of something that their parents or caregivers uh, did. Um, So they're not in the system for something that they themselves did. And that's something that a lot of people believe is the case, that the children are there because of behavioral issues, and that's, that's not true. Now, granted, um, because of their upbringing and because of um, the situation, a lot of them end up with, uh, you know, emotional or behavioral problems that they have to kind of work through. But, again, that's because of either neglect or something that they've gone through in their history that was no fault of their own. So, um, and the more that you kind of get into it, the more that you see that the resources are there to help you work through all of those things. And when you can realize that it's just because of some adults neglect or, or issues that cause these children to be placed in, in foster care to begin with, it certainly um, made me want to reach out and try to, to help them in some way, because why should they be punished for something that they, they never had anything to do with and wasn't their fault? Absolutely. Well, um, you started a thing called Fund the Farm. Can you explain what that, what that is and, and why you decided to start that? Well, I started it, um, you know, the more I got involved in it, you'll find in in foster care, a lot of times there are a lot of sibling groups that are available. And the more that I got into the idea of it, I realized that I was open to adopting um, a sibling group. But immediately I started thinking, how in the world will I provide for these children? And, you know, how could I, I mean, I didn't want to put those limits on my myself because certainly you can come across children, five, six siblings or more in a group. Um, so I didn't want to put those kind of limitations on myself, but at the same time, you have to be realistic about what you can, how you can provide for them. So immediately I started thinking about um, providing food and, and things of that nature, and a farm kind of came into the works. And then I started thinking about the lifestyle that a farm provides, and I myself grew up as a farmer's daughter, so I kind of knew how, um, what kind of lifestyle that provided for a child. And so eventually I just, it kind of kept growing and growing into the idea of if we could grow our own organic fruits and vegetables, that could help provide. If we could grow our own, I mean, have our own chickens and different animals to provide different food sources, um, certainly that would help fill in the gaps from um, a grocery standpoint for providing for mm-hmm. a group of children. Um, but then it would also help to provide a lot of different things like discipline and structure and routine and learning about responsibility and just 
the lifestyle that being outside and being outdoors and growing things and getting your hands dirty, all of those sorts of things um, that a farm can provide. Well, I, that is such an interesting concept, and, and it's cool how you've taken your own experience. Like you said, you were raised on a farm. You've taken what you know and what you have in front of your resources and go, okay, I'm going to create something to be a part of a solution and to meet needs. And I love that because so many times we think we have to reinvent something and, and so, uh, relearn something we don't know. And sometimes we do, but sometimes it's just going, what is in front of me? What do I know? And how can I use it? Well, Amber, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to keep talking more about this whole foster care, some stats, some myths, some solutions, and how we can um, learn a little bit more and get involved. We'll be right back with Girlfriend at Radio. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. Holidays and celebrations get you down and leave you feeling frazzled? Then join Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon, 11 a.m. Central on Togginet.com. Sandy will help you discover the secrets to having the celebrations you've always dreamed of while adding fun and meaning to your life. From Valentine's Day to Christmas to special family events, Sandy Fowler will show you how to put the fun and meaning back into those special days by taking a look at what we can do to turn the upcoming holidays into cherished memories and show us how to allow it to intertwine with everyday life. For more on the show, Sandy, and to receive Sandy's Holiday Happiness Booklet, go to HeartfilledHolidays.com. Then get set to discover the secrets to creating happy holidays and happy everydays by joining Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon, Eastern Standard Time on Toginet.com. Attention parents and teachers. Here is a series of alarming yet true facts about the current state of teaching reading in the United States. The federal government has spent close to half a trillion dollars to improve reading ability, and yet we still have over 8 million students who cannot read on grade level. 440,000 students who have a total reading vocabulary of 50 words or less, and a national dropout rate of one new student every 26 seconds. Sadly, one of these could be yours. Fortunately, it's not too late to help. Introducing The Reading Show with Dr. Joe. A fast-paced, highly informative, easy-to-listen-to show led by nationally recognized reading authority, Dr. Joe Lakovich. For more on Joe on the show, check out his website, failurefreeonline.com. Listen in this week to learn amazingly simple ways to turn this problem around. The Reading Show with Dr. Joe. With your host, Dr. Joe Lakovich. Fridays at 10 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back to Girlfriended. We are talking today about what makes you smile, and not just smile from the outside, but smile from the inside out, and specifically, how are, how is this affecting our next generation, what, is, what truly makes them smile and how are we really encouraging them and, and just kind of creating some values that make them appreciate what truly is, 
what contentment is all about. And so our first guest here is is Amber. And Amber, you're talking with us about this whole foster care. And um, there's so many layers to this. And the needs are are great and overwhelming, but there are solutions. And it's just one person at a time, one family at a time, and just creating that sense of home just for a child. And uh, the stats are a little overwhelming. Can you just kind of educate us a little bit about this whole foster care, some of the statistics, um, some of the needs, how people can get involved? Was that enough questions for you? (laughs) Absolutely. And and I have to throw in a, you know, I always have these random questions because my brain thinks a little differently, I believe. But I have to go back to the chickens on the farm. My mom grew up on a farm, and she would take the chicken and just kind of wring their neck. Do you actually, are you actually doing the killing of the chickens, or are you just collecting the eggs? (laughs) Oh no! Oh no! No! Yeah, we um, we would we will just be um, collecting the eggs, <laughs> so it's not it's no no killing will be taking place on the farm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do know we we need to eat the chickens, but it just is just you know our kids. I can't even eat the chicken that has skin on it anymore. You know, the, <laughs> right, we're so used much. to getting the packed chicken from Costco or Sam's Club or whatever, and so it is interesting when you go back and really think of oh, this is an actual chicken because. Our next generation is—they're even going to miss any of that, of even right. the stories of that. Of where where do chickens come from? <laughs> and right. also, Amber, you were talking about you know just all these foster kids. Like you said, it's not because um, the majority of them aren't there because of their actions. It's usually because of their parents. And um, you know, Hollywood gives us a whole different portrayal too of you know your typical foster child. And I saw on a show one time where they were actually actually doing like a a fundraiser, like an auction for some of the foster program, foster care programs. And these poor kids were um, like a talent show. (laughs) They were going through. And if you wanted that child, then, you know, you would uh, go ahead and sign up for him. You could interview him there. And it was just a full day of basically auctioning off foster kids. And um, I just thought, oh, can you imagine? I mean, talk about not being, you know, picked for kickball. I can't imagine. Right, right. Go, is that, does that really take place? Well, um, I do know that some states have um, events where um, basically it's more, it's not at all, at least not in my experience, it's not at all like that, but basically like little meet and greet type events where it's, kind of a, in a casual setting, maybe like a barbecue or some kind of outdoor picnic situation wow. where, where a lot of the foster kids will come and the parents who have uh, certified parents can attend those events and kind of get to know some of the kids who are in the system uh, within their particular state. So I do know that those types of events take yeah. place, but um, it's certainly very casual. And I the goal is not at all to put the children in the spotlight or make them feel like that's what they're doing. I wasn't um, at all. chosen. Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. You and I can have... tell you, yeah, I can tell you that um, these children already feel very the just different. Yeah, that, yes. Right, and they they don't really want. Um, I mean, just say that the children who are in my home right now, uh, they make comments, little comments all the time that you can tell that they don't want to seem different, and it can be something as, as simple as. When, a tr- when the transition happens, um, them knowing that the new foster parent or the new adoptive parent who has them isn't in the routine yet. And so when right. they have to go to school, they have to make the explanation as to, like, why are you in the wrong outfit? 
oh, it's because my new foster mom doesn't know, you know, and attention is called to the fact that they are a foster child. They don't want to stand out in that way. So um, they are really self-conscious a lot of times about, um, about the situation. Well, you already are at that age anyway. You feel like you're on a platform and everyone's staring at you just as a regular, you know, teenager or teenager, yet alone to know that I'm abnormal because I'm in this situation. So right, right. I, I can't, can't imagine. But you asked about um, the statistics and things like that. Um, you know, half a million kids are in foster care within the United States alone uh, at any given point. Um, and 100,000 of them um, are waiting for adoptive families. And out of those numbers, 20,000 kids every single year age out of the system, which means that they got too old. They turned 18 or 21, depending on the state. Um, and aged out of the system without ever having fi- found a family. Um, so it's, the numbers are really um, staggering to see how many kids are actually in the system. And if I, I mean, I know from my own personal experience, I knew very few foster kids growing up. I didn't know that many families who took in foster kids and who helped out with foster kids. So uh, very few people seem to be um, – It's I think it's just a lack of awareness that they're not really – they don't even know that these kids are are, yes. are out there and need the help. So um, certainly awareness needs to be raised that the, that families are needed. Um, so certainly, if if you think this is something that you could you could do, and you have an extra bedroom and some extra space, um, it's something that I think is very rewarding. Certainly very challenging at times, but um, I think it's so worthwhile in the end. Well, you know what? First of all, I have a couple comments. First of all, I don't want to go to Patty's farm. Where she's <laughs> I, I want to go to your farm, Amber. And um, Patty frightens and scares me sometimes. So I love the farm that you're creating. And um, it, I, it's interesting. You're talking about this whole transition. And, mm-hmm. and I'm sure there's a lot of transition happening as the kids are coming into your home. And, and, and even as the kids are preparing for adulthood and leaving the foster care, how do, how do you manage transition like that? Uh, day by day, um, pretty much just whatever issue is right in front of you, whatever the child seems to be um, going through, whatever they're willing to voice also, because a lot of times they're not willing to share uh, what's going on in their minds. Um, so, you know, it's just a day at a time sort of thing. Um, basically, through there are resources available, therapists, counselors, and different people who help. There's a support team in place to kind of help with the transition process. So they will guide you along and say, you know, be sure to keep a lot of structure, be sure to keep a lot of routine, keep things the same, um, in order for them to learn that they can trust in you and trust in what you say and that things are safe and secure and reliable. And then let them just kind of have a little bit of room to work things out themselves. But, you know, maintain, let the discipline be the same, let the consequences be the same, let, let the expectations be the same. And then, you know, one day is, is kind of good and one day is a little rocky. So you just kind of take it a day at, the, day at a time um, to work through the emotional side of, of the transition. Well, that's like any, any home and parenting. <laughs> that's, just, that's life dealing with kids. It's, it's day by day and you never know what to expect when you're, when you're raising kids. But do you find, because we're talking about, you know, discontentment and smiling that, that these kids are, are just grateful in a different way because they have had some experiences in life and they've like, you know, a lot of them have experienced neglect and abuse. And so do you find them just even more appreciative in some way than, 
that some of us are heard just raised in a home and we take those things of home for granted? Um, I think so in some ways. Uh, in some ways, you can certainly tell that they're a little jaded and, um, you know, that they, they're they much more aware of certain things that other kids are not aware of, um, like an innocence lost innocence. Um, but but certainly, I in my experience, I've seen um, an appreciation for things, just even just uh, belongings, getting gifts. Um, one day I was folding um, a bunch of secondhand clothes that came in from someone uh, for a little girl, and she saw the stacks and stacks of clothes and just immediately was, I mean, her eyes lit up and said, are those for me? And she was so excited um, over some secondhand clothes. And most kids, I mean, I know a lot of kids that I would come across nowadays who maybe are not in this situation um, get angry or, you know, maybe are a little bit spoiled to brand new clothes. But but Mm -hmm. a lot of that I've seen even secondhand things, they're so proud to have these things because, you know, maybe they haven't had that uh, in their in their past. So I, I've seen a lot in the way of appreciation, um, but it's a little bit of a combination of both. You can see some areas where they're a little bit more cautious than most children, uh, where they're, um, they're waiting for the other shoe to drop, they're waiting for you to kind of give up on them or, you know, so I see that side of it as well, but then I also see that there is an appreciation as well. So I think it's a, it's a, it's a combination and it probably depends on every single child and what that, that particular child has been through. Well, Amanda, we only have um, two minutes before we go into a commercial break. And there's a couple of things that you have mentioned. And I think the the biggest thing here is just the awareness. Like you said, people don't realize that you can go and and be able to foster a child. Um, We just think that somehow the system is taking care of them and they're being adopted. And the the second thing, um, the fact that... uh, the children, I, I have had that um, that same mentality that usually, you know, these children are, are, they have behavior problems or there's a reason why they're in foster care rather than having that paradigm shift that it's usually the parents or a situation and that is the reason why they're in um, a foster program. So I think that is huge just for us to be aware. But can you give us a few more tips on um, just something else that we need to be aware about and also how can we support your project and get more involved in this? Well, I think, um, you know, some a point that you guys made earlier in the show is that, uh, you know, we can give in ways that that suit what is available to us. So see what's right available to you. If you have a little bit of extra time, maybe you can't take a child into your home, but maybe you could help um, mentor a child or go to the, you know, volunteer match. Um, Usually there are organizations that will help, um, you know, the United Way or different organizations that might help and have programs for foster children where you can help with homework or provide um, assistance with a variety of different things. So it could be something as simple as that, making donations. Um, I know in my case, uh, you get children in and you don't have clothes that fit every single size that's out there. So um, making donations to help out with um, clothing and toys, because when you get these children in, you're starting with that particular age. So, I mean, there's so many different things that they can help with. Well, and Amber, we're going to have to take a break with that. And we're with Girlfriend at Radio. We'll be right back.
This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Pidrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Penrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to her website, shannonpenrod.com. From there, you can also get to her other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back to Girlfriend It. We are talking today about smiling and is it harder with this next generation um, to be more content and to get those smiles out of, uh, out of our next generation. But receiving the Parents' Choice Award and Dove Foundation seal of approval, our next guest, Mary Rice Hopkins, is timeless. Her simple yet profound melodies have captured the hearts of children and families for over 30 years around the world. And I know um, my two older ones, my 16-year-old and my 18-year-old, um, I would continuously put in uh, her videos, her CDs, and uh, let them just listen to her incredible music. But I know Mary's career be- began with the praise and worship sounds of Wendy and Mary Sparrow um, earlier on, and she has produced 30 CDs and 60 DVDs, as well as numerous books. But most recently, she is doing a weekly TV special every Saturday morning at 8.30 Pacific Standard Time. And um, Mary, you have, like I said, you've been in my home for so many years, I feel like I already know you. So welcome to uh, the show today. Thank you so much. Um, there's a little static, so I might have to call you back on another line. I'm having some trouble hearing. Um, this is Lisa, right? This is Patty. Patty, this is Patty. Oh, I'm sorry. 
I was talking to, I think I was talking to Lisa earlier. It's, it's great to be on your show and, um, thank you for, for, um, for that introduction. I, sometimes I forget I've done all that stuff. It's been, it's been a whirlwind and God has been so faithful and so good to allow me the opportunity over the years to, to sing and do concerts and travel and, and, and be able to just impact, uh, these little ones for the Lord. It's been, it's been great. And now, I, I know I, I'm, you know, I have to have started when I was three years old because I couldn't, couldn't have uh, kids that grew up now having kids that that can't be possible. <laughs> well, so I know that is, <laughs> that is funny, and it, it's it's interesting because your DVDs that we used to listen to. Um, and I only say we used to because now and now they're older, and of course they're you know watching Transformers and different things. But of course, um, yeah, that that's part of what we are talking about today. Is you know, is it harder for these kids, the younger kids, to really be content and to get those smiles out of them? That can we get back to just the simplicity of you know you sitting there with a the guitar and singing uh-huh. this the songs does it have to be this continual action where um you know one of them's on a computer while they're watching the music while they have the television in the background it's it's really interesting what what we've become yeah. now and is that a good thing are they all going to be you know just ADHD <laughs> or well, uh, how do you what do you think of that well i you know i think that you know, our generation, the generation now is definitely, I mean, definitely things have changed. And as I have grown in what I do, I've had to sort of reinvent what I do um, and sort of embrace that change and not, um, you know, just throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. And I, I think that, um, um, you know, yes, they're definitely, they're, they're definitely multitasking. And, and that can be a good thing because kids, know how to do a lot of things at once and be able to, to multitask, which I'm, I'm not, I don't know about you, but I'm not always so good at that. Um, but, but the basic, you know, it's, it's like the message of the gospel doesn't change, but the medium and the way that we present it has to. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, I think, I think back about, about, you know, even the way that Jesus taught and that he, he used the the things of his day if he was teaching to the to the fishermen um about you know uh, about the gospel he said be fishers of men or if he was talking to the pharisees he he talked about money and the root of all evil and and you know because they had a problem with money and if he was talking to the farmers he talked about planting seeds and so i think we have to find different ways to relate to our kids today and understand and be involved in what they are are doing and um and you know it the technology can be you know i mean the way that we're getting the gospel out there to to even the way our tv program is going all over the world i try to see that as a as a positive thing rather than a negative and embrace it <clears throat> and and realize that that God's faithfulness and His Word never changes, and He is the same today, yesterday, forever. And I just bask in that and know that He He is in control. And you know, it, it causes me to get on my knees a lot more. I don't know about you, but but um, but we have to just we have to embrace that. Well, I love that because that is so true. Sometimes it's easy to get caught up in. You know, especially when I, I, my youngest is 11 
And, um, you know, right now the big, huge, uh, what they're talking about is hunger games. Are you familiar with that book? And now they've, the movie comes out this week. Yeah. Um, and the premise is almost like, you know, in the gladiator or back in the times where they used to put the the Christians into the arena and Uh let the lions go out, but it's children in this arena and they, they have to eventually kill each other off until you have Uh, uh, one left. And, um, it, it, it is an amazing story when you're reading it. I try, I try to, you know, read the books that they're talking about, but on the other hand, um, you go, okay, God is faithful. Like you said, it just causes you to get down on your knees and go, God is yeah. faithful. And yeah. his story doesn't change. And uh-huh. that's what we, we have to be able to focus on. But yes, we have to be fishers of men. So we need to meet these kids where they're at. But Definitely. How, how do you do that? How are you doing that in, in with the music of trying to keep it relevant and moving forward with it and still using it as a ministry. Yeah. Well, uh, we, st- we still know that the, the number one teaching tool in the world is definitely the media and um, music and, and all the things that are related to that. And so um, as, as I have, you know, I started out doing concerts and sitting down, like you said, with my guitar and being able to just, you know, just sing and play my my music, and that was enough. Now you know, you, you things as things have evolved and changed. Now I've added, you know, PowerPoint and um, then hand motions, and then recently I've um, I'm working with a lady who makes and designs puppets, and um, we have a TV show and um, it's on every Saturday. Um, and so you you talked about finding a child child smile well it's on smile of a child tv.org um each week and which is a 24 7 safe channel for kids that has all children's programming that teaches values and um good character and those those are some of the ways um patty that we can we can help our kids is by steering them in other directions and um i know your, your uh, son you said is 11 that's a probably a little bit on the older side. Yeah, no, right? my daughter's 11. My son is 18. Okay, okay. Yeah. But, yeah, it's more, this, this, this program is more like two to eight, I would say. But, you know, as, um, as we know, you know, the, the, the greatest, the biggest decisions for the Lord are made at that age, at around seven, I think. Billy Graham says that, said that the age of seven is the, is is the age that a person is most receptive to to the things of the Lord, and so um, you know if we can impact them early on, I think that you know we're gonna it, it's a it's um, definitely a greater impact you know than waiting you know um, and and you you know you have laid a great foundation there with your kids, and you you just have to really um, realize that you've you've made a great impact early on and so um we have to lay that foundation and then just and pray and then just take them get them involved in places where um you know weekly things that that can where they can uh you know have peers that are involved in church and 
um, other activities. My kids were, I don't know, do they still have, do you, do you know about Awana? I, I had my kids yes. involved in Awana. Yeah. They love that, you know. <clears throat> yeah, and unfortunately, um, you know, that's another a program that you go, okay, wow, for the next generation because um, mm-hmm. Awana has a lot of memorizing scripture. Yeah. And it seems, you know, children have kind of gotten away from just even wanting to memorize I know. Because it's just there's so much going on with, you know, now they're not yeah. just doing sports after school. They're doing, you know, club sports that right. they're putting in three and four hours, you know, a day after school. And but, yes, that is a great program because it really is burying mm-hmm. scripture in your heart. Yeah. And they, they don't forget that. I mean, you know, you can um, when they learn it when they're little, it's it's it sticks with them. I mean, my I my kids are. Uh, you know, 27, in fact, in May, and 25, and they still remember those Bible verses that they learned in Awana and at church and vacation Bible schools that they went to, and um, it, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't leave them, so, I, you know, we have to remember that sometimes we feel like we're just, like, uh, beating our head against the wall, you know, thinking, they're not, they're not taking in anything, and did they, re- do they remember, and, um, but, you know, they, you have to remember too. They they're going to do most of their acting out on us, on us parents. You know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is, that is true. But and then they um, then they reach that junior or senior year in high school and they start turning back into normalcy a little bit. But uh, <laughs> we have one more minute before we go into a commercial break, and I would love for you just what would be a tip that you would leave um, our listeners with before we come back. Um, well, I, I know that, you know, we're, we're all a work in progress, and um, I would just say that, that the best thing we can do as parents is to commit, um, as Proverbs says, and I think it's 16.9, it says, commit our ways to the Lord, and whatever you do, um, you know, focus on Him, and your plans will succeed. And I, I think we just have to commit our children to the Lord and realize that they're in His hands and... Um, and he who began a good work will be faithful to complete it. Amen. I, I really Absolutely. believe that. Absolutely. And I, I love that, Mary. Commit our ways to the Lord. And we're going to leave on that note. So grab another cup of coffee, and we are going to be right back here on Girlfriend It. This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. Get ready for Officer Radio every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern only on Officer.com. It's powered by the worldwide resources of Officer.com and hosted by Editor-in-Chief of Officer.com and 30-year law enforcement veteran Frank Borelli. Officer.com is your source for the latest news, trends, and issues facing the law enforcement community, which change almost daily. New regulations, new things to know about that affect all in law enforcement. 
Join us each week as Officer Borelli and his guests examine, dissect, and discuss the issues facing our industry. Call in live and join the conversation to get your voice heard. For more law enforcement news and more about the show, go to officer.com. You can even find us on Facebook and Twitter. Then join us live every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern, only on officer.com. Friday Night Camp Radio, 10 p.m. to midnight with Christy and Laura on Toginet.com. Broadcasting from their scrappy kitchen in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. They've got nothing better to do than riff with their favorite Brooklyn-based independent vendors, artists, bands, bartenders, foodies, weirdos, and news stories. Featuring the live studio audience. Betty Rehab and the Gay Boys. Sex and dating commentary with the impersonal. The unknown political masked man. And people who kind of know stuff. Stream on after your long week. Brooklyn's variety show of madcap intellectualism. Friday Nightcap Radio with Lauren Christie, 10 to midnight Eastern on Toginet.com. Radio like you've never seen. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back. We are talking with our guest, Mary Rice Hopkins, which um, she has just had so um, much music out there in the world, and it has captured the hearts of children and family for over 30 years. And I know it has an impact. Has had an impact on my own family with my um, 16-year-old and my 18-year-old. They grew up listening to her music in our home. And... Um, it is an honor to have you on the show today, Mary, and I just want to go back a little Thanks, bit guys. with what, what did you have, you know, growing up so many times now with, uh, American Idol and what's the, uh-huh. what's the new one? Voice? Is that what it's called? Um, yeah, the voice, yeah. The voice, yeah. there's the X uh-huh. Um, our kids now, they all want to be rock stars and they all, they oh, would I love, <laughs> they would love to put a yeah. CD, DVD out. So tell us a little bit how you got into the whole music world. Um, wow. Well, well, first of all, music, the whole thing has changed so much these days. I mean, um, I was hearing somebody say yesterday, if you, don't, if you don't get out there and tour and really hit the road, I mean, even the big artists, um, it's much harder. And so it's, it's, a different, it's a different world. And then, of course, you've got YouTube where you can be discovered. But... Um, when I started doing music, I, it's, it's kind of, I'm, I'm kind of a grassroots. I started singing, writing songs for um, a children's program at a camp in the mountains, a Christian camp. And, um, and I started writing like their theme songs and that's, that's how I started. But, but even before that, um, I grew up in a musical family. I had three older brothers and we grew up in a, we had a real small church, um, my parents were, my mom played the piano, you know, my dad played the guitar sometimes, and um, my three older, our last name was Rice, and you're going to crack up, because my brothers had a band called the Rice Krispies. Oh, and, funny. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
and um, and they had they had records. I wasn't really part of the band, but I kind of like wanted to be in the band, you know. And I was the, much younger than my my older brothers. And you were um, a Rice Krispie wannabe. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and then later on, they became. Um, I guess they changed. Decided they were more serious about it, and they became Brush Arbor, and um, and they ended up, you know, touring and had a record contract and. Um, in 1974, they won a Grammy for Country Group of the Year. They were, they were. I just remember seeing my brother get the award with, with the Oak Ridge Boys and the Statler Brothers. So, so I basically, you know, watched them. And and interestingly enough, I'm I'm the only one at this point, um, as God would have it, you know, I'm the only one that's still doing music full time, and my brothers are doing other things. And so. Um, I started doing uh, you know, touring later on after I did the, the camp experience and started writing more music and uh, uh, did a children's started doing more children's stuff and I uh, was part of a singing singing duo called Wendy and Mary and we traveled the country. But boy, has music changed in the way we present it and um, and then flash forward to where I am now. I have a TV show teaching uh, puppetry and music to kids and good character through through our our show every Saturday and um, we we just finished up a show on uh, teamwork and teaching kids um, how to get along and uh, even a segment in there about bullying and um, just relevant stuff that kids are dealing with today and we know that that's you know one of the best ways is through uh, puppetry and music to, to teach and be relevant to what, to where they're, you know, I mean, if you think about how many shows and even commercials have, you know, Muppets or puppets or something in the commercial, it's, it's just really amazing. So it's a great way to teach character teaching through, um, the puppetry and music. And well, and it's so simple. I mean, not, not, it's definitely hard to put on a puppet show, but I mean, in, in watching that, it's the simplicity of it. I mean, it, it's crazy how long even Sesame Street has been able to capture um, the audience there when you do have so much c- competition of what else is out there. So it's really neat to know that you're doing that. And it's called uh, Puppets with a Heart, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Mary Rice Hopkins and Puppets with a Heart. And it's on Trinity Broadcasting Network every every Saturday, which is all children's programming on Saturdays. They have... It's um, 8.30 Pacific, I'm in California, so Pacific Standard Time, and I, uh, that would be, um, yeah, 8.30 for us. So whatever time that would be for, for you all. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's a great way to teach. Um, it's still one of the, um, the, the um, amazingly enough, the second leading teaching tool in the world is our puppets, you know, um, it's a it's a great way to to impact kids. You know, you, you mentioned Sesame Street, and um, you know a lot of times they weren't teaching, um, you, you know, the kids their ABCs, but they were teaching Elmo, and it's a, just a better way to learn. You're not teaching at the kids, but you're teaching the kids so that they they can, um, you, you know, they're not being taught at, and that's just a better way to learn and a better way to. Um, empathize with whatever's going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what exactly 
do you, uh, how do you get your material? Like you mentioned the bullying, how are you staying, uh-huh. being able to stay relevant and go, okay, this is what the kids are dealing with right now. Or do you try to just it to be more of a teachable moment on education versus, uh, you know, just what's happening in life? Well, I think, you know, it's so important to stay up on what kids are, you know, you mentioned your kids and what they're doing and what staying relevant to where, to where they're at. Um, and so we, we do a lot of, um, you know, watching what's out there, but also we have a huge team of people. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I don't do these things alone. Uh, the lady that I work with, her name's Darcy Mays. She makes and designs all the puppets. We also have um, a person who uh, is our our advisor who worked on Wolverine and X-Men. His name is Ralph Winter, and you may have heard of him, and he's a wonderful Christian man, and he's um, also kind of advising us and helping us, and he's our executive producer. Um, And then we have a whole team at uh, at PBN, uh, you know, film crew and uh, a director, Paul Boop, Bubacher, um, and just we all work together. <laughs> it's it's a big team effort. It, you know, it takes a whole bunch of people to put on. You know, you you see a half an hour show, but it takes you know three days to film a half an hour show and, yes. and a huge team of people. Yeah. yeah. So um, and we and we try to just um, you know weave a story. A really, I mean, kids. You know, it's just like Jesus taught, you know, he taught in stories and he talked about the seeds and the, um, you know, the lost sheep. And he, he told stories when he when he taught. Um, and so we do the same thing and try to be relevant to where the kids are at today and what they're watching, what they're seeing, talking about um, protecting our eyes. And um, I'll just give you a little example. Um, <clears throat> one of the, the puppets names is uh, Ono. And he's, um, we're always going, oh, no, you know. <laughs> and um, he, he says, you know, I, Mary, I, I just want to drop out of school. I want to go get the job. I want to, you know, quit school. And I go, oh, no, oh, no, you can't do that. And he goes, and he has this um, cloth heart. And we're always, it's called Puppets with the Heart because we're, I'm always looking in the heart to see what's in the heart. And um, I take the heart and I go, well, let's look and see what's inside your heart. And inside his heart, I find a pack of dum-dum suckers. And he says, I just feel like a giant dum-dum. I'm never going to finish school. I just want to quit, you know. And I go, no, no, you're not a dum-dum. He goes, I'm not. I go, no. And then I take out the dum-dums and I put in a pack of smarties. And I say, no, you have the mind of Christ and you can do all things through Christ. And then I sing a song after that, you know, you've got the mind of Christ, you do. God made you real smart. You've got the mind of Christ, you do. So look inside your heart. So it's just really simple, you know, but um, it's a huge... I love it. (laughs) It's fun. And, you know, what's great is, I mean, have you at some time, Patty, felt like you've had dum-dum suckers in your heart? You know, I mean, we all feel like that, don't we, at, at some point? Absolutely. Yeah. So, and then another time, um, the puppet asked me, he says that he's, uh, you know, he's feeling really sad and he has, I look in his heart and he has band-aids on his heart and I go, why, why do you have band-aids? He says, my mommy and daddy are fighting and daddy moved out and I don't think my heart's ever going to heal. And I mm. go, oh, 
and this is his older brother. His name is Gringo, and he's green, and he goes into all the world. So that's why we call him Gringo, not like G-R-E-E-N-G-O. And so I said, well, you know, he goes, well, have you ever had band-aids on your heart? I go, yeah. And he goes, well, what happened? And I said, well, you know, when I was 12 years old, just this is a true story, I say, my, my daddy died. And he goes, oh, he died? How did he die? And so I tell the story. Um, and true story, my, when I was 12, my dad died in a car accident. And uh, he says, you know, well, did your heart ever heal? And I go, well, you know, Gringo, it took time. It didn't happen overnight. But, you know, my mom, she she kept telling me that, you know, that it, that Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted and set the captives free. And he would give us, he, he would give me a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. And, um, and it's been interesting because that's been kind of my verse over the year that he will no matter what we're going through god will give us a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness and mm-hmm. and i think we can all we you know if we haven't had something in our in our hearts or something that's hurt us um you know we will eventually and um you know we need to remember that that, that to never give up that hope we have in christ and that garment of praise that will just you know Heal, heal us from those things that are that are hurting us, and uh, be with us during those hard times. Well, I love that, Mary, and the the fact that you are teaching these children at such a young age, and. On that, we are getting ready to end the show, and it just went by way too quickly. But this is Patty and Lisa, and we want to encourage you to identify what makes you smile from the inside out, and then how are you sharing that? So thanks for listening today. Thank you, Mary Rice Hopkins, for being on our show. Thank you, Patty. And we will talk to you again next week. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show.